Hi and welcome to this week's episode of the DW Podcast. Uh, unless you've been hiding behind a rock, I think you'll probably know that there's a general election coming up uh, in just over a month's time. Yeah. Maybe by the time this goes out, just under a month. So I am joined uh, by the Labour Party candidate and mother on wisha, Angela Feeney. Thanks. Thanks very much for coming on, Angela. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Uh, so I think anyone that's watched this podcast before might know that I'd previously done one with the current MP, uh, Marine Fellows, uh, and our colleague, Mary Black. Uh, we kind of spoke about how she got into politics and, you know, her reasons for standing. So I thought it'd be a good idea to get yourself on uh, and have a chat, you know, and you can tell people that are watching, maybe from Mother or Wisher, in certain parts of Bells Hill, why they should vote for yourself. Great, great. Uh, so yeah. I... Be bit about you. Tell us a bit about yourself, uh, what you do, why you get into politics. Why I get into and, politics. Yeah. Um, I was brought up in Belsill um, under a Thatcher government. And I was speaking earlier on today um, about why do some people get into politics, why don't they get into politics. Um, my grandfather was a minor, but so was everybody's grandfather. So I don't know why that would have um, made me more political than others. <clears throat> but in 1984, I remember my family at night with two watch the TV, watching the miners, and it was like a pan at my boon hissing at the TV. Can he, can he, can he riled my imagination? Well, and the strikes then, were going on almost. And what the, was that? Well, the strikes, minor strikes were minor going on. Minor strikes yeah. was on. Sure. Um, and so I lived just at the Motherwell Road, so the lorries then would be taking coal up to Ravenscraig, and as a nine, ten-year-old, I remember vividly going out, booing at the Yule and Dodds lorries going by, why that would have um, sparked that in a nine-year-old and not anybody else, I don't know. Um, but I would say my full family um, was very much like that. Um, and, we, and I would say that was what sparked my interest. Also, the street that I grew up in, the men either worked in the Craig or Caterpillar. And then within a few um, years, there was, there was no work there. I mean, a story my sister tells. She was a, a nurse in casualty up in the Old Law Hospital. She used to go on the bus when she started. It was full of men going to the Craig. And then when she left three years later, there was no yeah. men, there was none. So stories like that, a kind of injustice, it just, I, it kind of inspired me to and I think get involved. these stories are stories that, you know, people live in this area. There'll be so many people mm -hmm, that more stories and they'll be able to resonate uh, with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can remember looking out at night and you would see the red sky and you would hear the clangy Ravenscraig. It just, it was inbred in us. It was just part of us. I suppose back then, you know, this area was a labour heartland. You know, mm -hmm. I suppose to some extent you could still argue mm -hmm. that it is, but it was very much a very industrialised place, you know, there was lots of people, nearly everyone was in a trade union, yeah. uh, and I'd say the majority of people were, were in the Labour Party, so maybe that's where... Where it came from. I mean, I'm a proud trade unionist, I'm a member of Unison, As Unison can, Health, yeah. and, um, and I've got an affiliation with Unite, who's um, been a great help to me. Um, and to me, the Unis um, your trade union and the Labour movement, they come hand in hand, you can't have one without the other, um, the Labour Party's political wing of the, the trade union movement. And I think possibly that's what's, maybe people came depoliticised around here because everybody was all a member of a union. All the men in the Craig were a member of the union. There was this unity. Um, you had the miners clubs. Um, politics would have been spoke about. There was a bond between working class people. But when that, when the mines shut, when Ravens Craig shut, that, that kind of left people, but people are still fundamentally this, the same. We're all working class and we're all um, 
basic that I have not changed. So that was when you were you were eight or nine and you seen those mm-hmm. those vans going back. Do you remember when you went to your first political rally or when you first joined a political party? Or? I joined the Labour Party later on. Um, I remember when Labour came to power in 1997 and I was a young mum at the time and sitting up all, all night waiting to see it and it, it just brought such hope because I was, as I said, I was brought up in the jewel scheme, which is a place we all, we all know, like a lot of places around here, um, poverty, poverty was about, I was brought up in benefits, it was a free school male child, I depended on um, benefits, a school grant um, for your shoes to go to, um, to get to school. And I think like any child, and probably children just now, you would, there was that feeling of shame, um, a wee bit of embarrassment. And now looking back <coughs> as an adult, that well, there shouldn't be an, emba- an embarrassment. That's, that's a country that should be, an, it's an investment. You're investing in, in children that's um, not get the same opportunities um, as others. But I can remember when Labour came into power in 1997, and just the full round here, it was hope. And I know um, Labour maybe went down a different path that people here would disagree with, but I remember the hope and the excitement um, when Frank got elected, when Tony Blair came into power, and we've seen things like tax credits, and it transformed um, working people's lives. And it lifted so many children out of poverty, and it wasn't seen as such a stigma like the universal credits is today. Um, parents that were working, if you needed universal credit, it was um, not universal credit, your pe- um, child's credit. I can remember women at work, oh, it's great, you just, many hours you work, you just you just phone up and then this money, we all, we all couldn't believe it. Now what you're seeing with women, the next generation down, they're sitting having to wait six, six weeks for a payment. Um, so the poor have been punished, whereas uh, under... Labour government in 1997, we weren't being punished, we were being helped and assisted. I suppose with that Labour government, when, when Blair came in, you know, ultimately his legacy is what people remember as the Act of War. But I think, as you said, you can remember the hope that was coming across mm-hmm. the country and you had so many popular figures, you know, at the time you had like to know Gallagher and Liam Gallagher mm-hmm. getting involved and there seemed to be this whole, it was like it was trendy and cool mm-hmm. to be a member of the Labour Party back then and to, to vote for this new Labour was, as you say, a, a lease of hope, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was um, was a great feeling and and we felt as if we we were going to do great things and the Iraq war aside, we did do great things Um, and I'm proud of what Labour did, um, what Labour did do, we got rid of, um, we increased the, we brought in a minimum wage, I remember growing up there was guys in the street where I grew up, sorry, and they were security guards and they were getting paid a pound, a pound an hour. That was what you heard they were getting paid. And Sounds they had an Alsatian dog that they had to also feed off that pound an hour. So to, when Labour came into power and you were like a minimum wage, and I think, I can't remember, was it 4 or something when it first came in? That transformed people's lives. And it made working people feel that the government at the time valued them. Um, sure. So. I, I suppose there are some similarities between Labour getting elected then and if Jeremy Corbyn's Labour was to get elected mm-hmm. now because there's been years of austerity, you know, it's been continuous Tory governments and I wonder if there will be the same, certainly it looks as if there's, the polls are changing slightly, there might be the same enthusiasm among young voters, certainly down south more than in Scotland I have to say, that if this Labour government were to be elected there might be that same relief more than mm-hmm. delight. I think if Corbyn gets in... Corbyn gets into power, 
It'll be a story, it'll be a history story that we spoke about for years. I was part of Corbyn's campaign to get him elected. We couldn't even get him on the ballot paper. There was a group of us, trade unionists, um, people of the left of the party that, that um, met up in Glasgow. He wasn't even on the ballot paper and we were texting. I remember Sadiq Khan tweeting, just, just nominate, get him on the ballot paper, get him on the ballot paper. Sadiq Khan might think, well, I wish I hadn't got him on the, but <laughs> he got not. on the ballot paper. We weren't expecting Corbyn to win. We sat there and thought the left um, needs a voice and we want to just open up the debate. We want to open up the debate and make sure that the left of the party has got a voice. And what happens when people get a voice? This is what happens. And um, in 2017, that snap election, we were given no chance. Um, I was given no chance in this seat. And there's only 318 votes in it. I believe if the Labour, if we'd another week, another run at it, because the tide had started to change, we would have had um, a Corbyn government in, and it would have changed working people's lives. It would be un unimaginable, um, the things we're talking about. This is a, a real chance in a lifetime. It's going to just transform. We're talking about, I've spoke um, earlier about universal credit. I'm passionate, poverty, having experienced poverty, and that doesn't make me unique around here. Most people, I was chatting doors today, most people around here have experienced poverty at one point or somebody in their family has. And let's face it, most of us are a paycheck away from having to depend on benefits at one t at a time. And to see the cruelty what the Tory government has done with universal credit, leaving people six weeks, I mean, six weeks, this is people that my friend would say don't have a good back door. They've not got parents to go in and ask for money. They've not got a wee bit of savings. They're sitting for six weeks with nothing. And I don't understand how the Tories can, un people can't understand when people say they've got nothing. They've got nothing. It's a choice between heating or eating. Parents are going starving to make sure their kids are um, fed. There's, in this area, 25% of children are living in poverty. And these same children are getting left. I could, I could weep. I'd get left to wait up to six weeks for um, a payment. And the relief these families, particularly um, single parent families, if Corbyn gets elected, it'll be such, it'll be an instant weight off their shoulder. Sure. So you, you mentioned there that obviously you stood in the last general election mm -hmm. here back in. 2017 and there was only 316 votes in it. 18. 318. 18. Sorry, yeah. that extra two then. Oh, no. uh, so, uh, yeah, 318 votes in it the last time round. And when you look at the election before that, it was in 2015 and it was a, a landslide here for the yeah. SNP across the whole of Scotland. Do you think it was Corbyn getting elected in 2017 that narrowed that gap? Obviously, yourself included would have played a massive, massive part in your campaign on the doorsteps. But do you think that the, the Labour vote and certainly Mother Own Wisher was getting closer to the SNP again, partly because of Jeremy Corbyn? Partly because of the manifesto that they the produced at that time? The manifesto was a manifesto that anybody should be proud to, to stand. I was immensely proud to stand on a platform. Um, the manifesto was, to me, like the 1945 um, Labour government after the war, we managed to build, we were bank we no money. We'd been in, been in a war, we'd managed to build council houses, we um, brought the NHS. This is um, real socialist values and this, the Corbyn, can he bounce? 
people could see that that's this is what we were what we were offering again. And I think round here people people are um, lean to the left and and they're going to be attracted to policies that help that help the working class and help each other and help people that are in the kind of your professions like nurses, teachers, your public sector workers. Um, people are going to be attracted to people that understand that. And if, when there's candidates going forward that come from backgrounds of working in the NHS, um, where they've been trade union reps, people are going to, that's going to attract voters. And I think that must be something, you know, that really, really hits home with people on the doorsteps as well. Mm -hmm. You touched on it yourself there. You work for the NHS. And I suppose when people can see a part of themselves, and the person that's standing, you know, rather than someone being brought in for another area that they don't know that's a political careerist or so, mm -hmm. there must be a, a real element of belief in that could be me up mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and I think the Labour Party, it's a party that represents workers, the ordinary people. Um, the Tories are, are never going to represent people around here. Um, so the Labour Party has to have candidates that people can look at and say, oh, I, I do the same job as her or I work with her sister. Or I see, do you know, I see her at the school gates. Um, there's nothing, do you know, she's just the same. She's faced the same struggles as anybody, that, anybody yeah. around here. And um, there's that kind of I, human factor, factor. It's not something that should be seen as um, out there. I can out there that's unreachable. What's the feedback we'd like on the doors when you're, you're going out and you're saying to people, you know, I'm a mother, uh, I'm a trade unionist, I'm an NHS worker, is it been quite positive or is there still a lot I of mean, people going on about, you know, well, I'm voting Tory or I'm voting SNP or... I mean, make no bones about it, this is going to be a hard election. Every single vote um, is going to be hard, hard fought with. It's between myself and the SNP. When you're going in the doors, people are scunnered. They're, they're fed up with Brexit, they're fed up with referendums, they're... They're just, they don't, there's quite, I don't know where to go with this. Um, but when you start speaking to them, what is your concerns? I mean, we were at a door today up in Kerfin and a mother, was it breaking point? Her child um, depends, um, the schooling system, her child's got special needs. And she says that they're the first, they're the first family that austerity is really um, hit on. So it's not your elite that austerity is punished, it's people round about here. So, and I think when people like myself will say, well, I get it, I get it. But, you know, public sector, worker, understand, I see it every day. People c can relate to you. Sure. And I suppose you, just to hop back to something you said earlier, you were part of the, the first group to get Jeremy Corbyn on the ballot mm -hmm. paper. And I think if you listen to a lot of the, the press, certainly the right-wing media, at present, you know, Jeremy Corbyn is the, the devil, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's very much in the, the public eye and in any foot he puts wrong, you know, they mm -hmm. slate, him, slate him for days. What is it that appeals to you about Jeremy Corbyn and, and what do you think that his Labour government can bring to Motherwell and Wisha? Look, Jeremy Corbyn, people either love him or hate him. Um, to me, what I've seen of him is a, a kind, 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 kind man. Um, and you've met him many a time as well, haven't you? I've met him many times. Um, he's, he's very supportive. He's supportive of working people getting to be representing their community. There's, um, as what he said during the week, people like him weren't born, weren't born to rule. And I think 
you know, the right-wing media, it wouldn't matter who Labour put up. Labour had Ed Miliband up, was all suited and booted. They didn't like him either. What was it, that character out of... I can't remember what was that... Um, the weekly puppet thing that comes on it, Wallace and Gromit, right? That was what they right, the yeah. thing with him. So then they done him for eating a bacon sandwich. It wouldn't matter who Labour put up; they're going to they're going to get um, slated. Yeah. And Corbyn's strong enough; he's took it. A lot of weaker people would have says, "No, nah, I, can't, I can't." So to me, that's a marker leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of comments saying that he's not a leader, but I think personally, without going too much into my politics, because we're here to talk about you. You know, it's. I don't expect my politicians to be someone that can stand up and talk in front of a crowd. I would rather mm-hmm. they had a backbone in terms of the policies that they believed in they were going to deliver them, and it was going to deliver change for that area. But I think there's a lot put on your elected politicians now to be able to stand up and talk talking to people, and you know, almost be a, a public speaker rather than a, a policy deliverer. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? I mean, he's not got the slick look of a Blair sure. or whatever, right? He's yeah. not got that. Um, but he's got a very, very kind heart, and I know it, I, I know that it, that worries him, and he really wants to. Um, he really just wants to make life better. I, I, I know that the poverty is his, um, the eradication of poverty is, is what's keeping him going because he could he could have walked. I mean, he could have walked away pl- plenty of times, but he hasn't. So he's. he's it's there for, do you know, the bigger picture. What would you say, because often when I talk about the Labour Party or the SNP, you know, I, I've got a lot of friends that would say to me, Jeremy Corbyn is, you know, he's, he's friends with the, the enemies of Britain. Mm-hmm. How, how do you combat that? Because it's a question that I sometimes don't know the answer to myself. With the enemies of Britain, are you meaning the IRA talk? That, that's you you, like, you get like, that a lot in the West of Scotland. Yeah, you also get, you know, Hezbollah, mm-hmm. you know... Of course you do. To me, Jeremy Corbyn's a, ma- a man of peace. Um, I've, you know, I've seen what people put out. Peace had to happen in Northern Ireland. Who, who would want to speak to the IRA? Who would want to speak to the UDA? They're, they're terrorists. Who, but it had to happen. Somebody had to speak to them. Jeremy Corbyn spoke to them. Tony Blair spoke to them. Um, Mo Mullen, who... Um, is always um, put out the picture. She was the woman, woman that, that brought peace to Northern Ireland. Um, the Queen has moved on and has had a photo with McGuinness and with, um, do you know, with the Shin, Fe- Shin yeah, family, Jerry Adams. Jerry Adams. Yeah. Um, who, I mean, if the Queen can do it, we have to move on. Do you know, sure. peace, you, you're not going to get peace if you don't talk. And we've had um, the Good Friday Agreement that was brought in with the Labour government. That's like one of the, again, another proud moment um, that Labour did in the 1997 government that came in. It's a good answer, certainly. I mean, it's. I think that's something that comes up quite a lot. As you know yourself, you know, we're very much in a divided country at the moment. You've got the SNP saying that this general election is very much on delivering another mandate for a, an independence referendum. And being from Mother and Wisher, and I've told people ask myself, I wouldn't hide it. I voted for yes in the referendum back in 2014. I think I probably would again in the future, depending on what the landscape looked like. But I suppose for the Labour Party, you're trying to get voters from both sides of that divide at the moment. You know, you're, you're wanting to appeal to people who voted yes in the last referendum that would see themselves more as a Labour voter. But I suppose you're also wanting to vote, get people to vote for you that voted no the last time as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would... People ask me that question quite often 
I've been class myself, I mean, I've been called um, a yun, I've been called an a, I've been called, right? I, um, I'm not a unionist or a nationalist, and I would say again, I'm an internationalist. And I've had people roll their eyes when I, when I give that, right, all right, that's the, right, is that the answer you're given? And I think referendums, you know, it, it did divide the country. It, it did, um, families argued over it. People did become um, very divided. But I don't think anybody in, in Motherwell and Wisha voted um, for Kenny Strong. I think there was an element of people that voted no because they genuinely had, had solidarity for people in Liverpool, Newcastle. Uh, to me, people's vote came from a vote of unity. And when people voted no, they voted... Um, because they cared, they, they knew people in Liverpool were facing the same problems they were facing, they knew people in Newcastle, the single mother was facing the exact same brutality given out to, by the Tories to them. And the people that voted yes in this constituency, they weren't doing it, there, would, there will have been some, but they weren't doing it for this um, tartan nationalism. They were doing it because they believed in socialism, they believed in self-determination, and actually the two... The two um, sides don't differ that much because the same goals, the, the same views are the, are the same. Um, it's just a different way of how we get about it. This election isn't about independence. It's not about Brexit. The Tories and the SNP would like you to believe that. To me, this, uh, this election is about eradicating poverty. It's given people from Liverpool, Newcastle, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Motherwell, Wisha, the chance of transformation. It's given them the chance to give the, 20, the kids, <coughs> the quarter of children that are living around here in poverty, the chance, the opportunity. And for us to cloud it now with, um, a, is it a mandate for independence? Or is it, do you know, it's taking away from the real, the real, real, issues and I would hope that it's a bit more the bread and butter issues of what people come to my surgery about and what they're coming to my surgery about, my council surgery about, is about they're behind in the rent, their universal credit payment hasn't come in, can I get help filling in, um, that, that, do you know their forum, their children are, are really struggling, they can't, right, so it's about those things, nobody says, nobody in the door says to me anything about Brexit or about are you a nationalist or a unionist? I suppose for those people that would traditionally vote the SNP in the last two elections mm -hmm. and you know they've got their hearts set on independence mm -hmm. and they would say if we return Labour MPs rather than SNP MPs that takes independence off the table for a, another you know generation or so mm -hmm. what do you say to them? I would say back to it this is your this is a once-in-a-chance opportunity to have a, a real left-wing Labour leader. We have never had this since, like, 1945, Labour government. And look at the great things we've done. People, my mum, who's 80, can remember not being able to get a doctor, you know, not being able to get a doctor, a doctor coming and them having to pay up the money or just leave it because we've not got the money. This Labour government that would come in is the same, is the same type same type of Labour, same type of values. And I would like to think that when people seen what Labour was offering them, why, why would they want independence? Because they would say, well, this is, 
this is exactly what we're wanting. We're wanting um, is all our lives to get improved, and, I can, and we can see the difference that this government's given us. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that you're a councillor, so you're a councillor mm -hmm. in Lisha. Yeah. At the moment, how's that going? Do you enjoy it? It's hard work. It's, I mean, I enjoy the um, helping people. Um, I enjoy my surgery work and my casework. Yep. Hi. Um, I suppose, yeah, as you say, so you must see people coming to you that are proper struggling and really you know, struggling, they can't pay really, really and struggling. Um, and I work with NHS in the community, so I'm, I'm I'm used to seeing people at their low ebb, and there is people really, really struggling. Um, and it's it's heartbreaking because there's you're trying your best in a backdrop of austerity and. As I've said before, austerity isn't punishing your um, elite. It's punishing, it's always pu punishing communities like ours. And austerity was brought in because of the banking crisis. There's no many bankers sitting round about Motherwell and Wisher, and yet we're the, we're the ones that are taking the brunt of it. How did you get on with the, the Tories in the council? Because I thought for the first time in, in a long, long time, there was a Tory councillor returned in Ravenscraig. You know, there was another one in Motherwell. Mm -hmm. As well, and, and for you know many people across the country, they're thinking, Ravenscraig, you know, there's a Tory councillor in there, and there's been a lot of talk online about you know uh, Labour and the Tories are siding and Mother on Wisha and the council, blah blah. But I suppose you would tell me that's not the case, and that's the line that the mm -hmm. SNP would push. I brought Corbyn up to um, Wisha, and a banner got pulled out when I was talking in the streets with Corbyn Red Tories. If there's so, you know, if there's two people that could not possibly now there's nobody in the council that's a red Tory but if there's two people that could be um, so to <laughs> me it's just a, a, it's a just smear. a tag it's yeah. a smear sure. and the more they say it you know or they think people are going to it's, it couldn't be anything further for the truth um, the leader in the in the council for the Tories couldn't be any more further um, from my politics She's a young, smart woman, bright, intelligent woman, and I can't believe she would be a part of a party that would um, agree to the rape clause where women have to, if they've been raped and they've had a child to rape, fill in for. I, I can't, I can't understand that that mindset. I mean, for me, it's, it's an interesting one because it almost, almost seems like you know the two certain Tories that have been elected around here, they have to work in class areas, and, and you wonder. What do you think it is that drives them to vote for that party and stand in elections? I know the, the lady that you just mentioned there, I know that she's standing mm -hmm. in this area as well for the Conservatives and, uh, and her colleagues also standing over in Cote Bridge, Nathan Wilson, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it, it just seems like it, the two of them aren't your stereotypical no. old white no. male Tory. They're young and they're, you know... They're young, they're, they're vibrant, they come, they come from um, our, our kind of background. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't want to comment. I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know them personally. I'm sure that they're nice enough. Um, I, I just I can't understand why anybody would vote Tory or could be a, a Tory. I, 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 just especially from around here. I think there is a big unionist vote as well, isn't there? Now, you know, they're very much hammering it as we are, the Conservative and Unionist Party. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the girl Megan, you know, tweeting, you know, vote for your unionist candidate. And I suppose that's to a certain extent where Labour could potentially lose voters. You know, that mm -hmm. you would expect these working-class voters, traditionally trade unionists, to vote for the Labour Party, but, you know, they maybe see the, the union flag there and the Conservative message and might see themselves... Do you know, the, the union um, 
just like the Scottish flag means a lot to, to nationalists, the Union Jack means a lot to um, unionists in it. I've never kind of identified as, you know... It's not something that I... But I can understand that's people's history, that's... Um, but it has to be a bit more than that. It has to be... I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are strong unionists and I, I can understand that, but there has to be something more that they're caring about people are living in poverty, that people... As I say, the re surely, the, surely their conscience must think this is bigger than, than um, you know, the things like the rape clause, your, your universal credit. I know I keep going on about it. The only thing round here that's in the up is the use of food banks. So, if that's their only, if that's their only um, goal, do you know why they would want to vote? Is because to be part of the union. I well, do you know, there's a lot more going on than than what whether it's a saltire or a Union Jack. What have the next four weeks got ahead for you then? I can imagine it's going to be long, it's going long to be, days. You're it's going, going to be, be hectic. It's, um, we're going to be knackered. Um, I'm in this to win it. Um, I'm in, in this to bring Mother on Wisha red. I'm in to make sure we've got a Corbyn government. And it's vital that if there's anybody watching this that wants to get involved in the campaign, please um, contact me. This is a, a, I'm reiterating, you know, I'm repeating what I'm saying, but this is like, we, we're going to transform. We're going to transform um, society and people around here have had it rubbish for so long. Um, you know, Craig Nuke, just up the road there, the average, the life expectancy of a man is only 66. And the, the working age is 67. I mean, 66. It, this is just, you, ca you can't believe that this is happening around here and we deserve so much better. We're, we're a good town. Um, we do care for one another and I would just love a, a Corbyn government and for you to give us the chance and see the difference that it would make. The, the, um, there's a, a, you know, a girl, she was talking about tax credits and she said she could feel the tension when she was a wee girl in the house because there was a lack of money. And like that, Labour had brought in tax credits and she said she could actually feel the... Um, the the weight off her shoulders. I, the weight yeah. off her mother's shoulders, sure. the calmness that came over the house. And people are walking about here worried, sick about money and for the sixth richest country in the world. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. It's going to be a, quite a cold time out there. I was looking out the windows of film tonight. It's quite dark. Is it a hard time to campaign? It's very difficult to yeah. campaign. I was out campaigning today. Um, you want to go out, can you smart? Uh, the hat on, the big glove, <laughs> scarf. Um, it's very difficult in, at night time, but it has, it has to get done. We have, we have to do it because if we, if we sit back, it's so tight. Um, and the more Labour MPs we return, the more chance of a Corbyn government. How likely do you think it is? I think we're going to win it. I think um, as the campaign goes on, as once the manifesto is announced, to me there would be nothing in it that people around here would not like. Um, we've got an announcement coming up about the Waspy women that have been 
treated terribly. Um, so I, th I, I think, I think we're, go I think we're going to win it. Confident. Yep, very confident. What's the one thing that you would like to see change about Mother or Russia if you were an MP? What would you try and put your stamp on? Good jobs. People have got no. I mean, as I said, when I was growing up, Caterpillar, Ravens Creek, they were good. They were good jobs, well-paid jobs. Um, what's around here now? Um, I, I held an event in Ravens Creek in the summer with Rebecca Long Bailey. She's um, in charge of the Green Industrial Revolution, and she came up and made about 100 people. So if Labour get into power, there's um, an investment coming of £70 billion. Um, we'll be building council homes, we'll be employing people, um, and it'll be part of the green industrial revolution. To, um, and it'll be your solar panels, your, you know, the infrastructure is there for the bus and the rail to come into power. But it's given people good jobs. No, these zero hour contracts where you're turning up. I mean, I had a, a guy out campaigning with me the day. Um, oh, well, I could be out, but I don't know. I'll need to wait and see if I get a shift. How can anybody? plan their life, get a mortgage, go a holiday, pay rent on that. And he'd said he'd only had like one shift in the past couple, couple of weeks. How, how can you? And every time he takes a shift, he'll be knocked off his benefits and then he'd need to reapply and then he's waiting six, six weeks. So elected and to be able to say, there's no zero hours contract, you'll know what your, your hours are. Um, you'll have a £10 minimum wage. It'll be good, good jobs, good investment. And I know what the Tory, oh, where's all this money coming for? Well, they've got their magic tree for the DUP. They've got their magic tree, um, do you know if any wars were coming up? So let's have the magic tree shake some money around about Motherwell and Wisher. Thanks very much, Angela. Okay. Thanks for having us on. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. If you want to hear anything else from Angela, uh, we'll put all our links uh, in the description below. You can follow her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the usual places. Uh, we're going to be holding the Hustons as well, if you're local to Mother and Wisher, on Wednesday. 22nd, 27th of November, uh, and that's going to be in the Glow Centre. Uh, I think it's going to be free entry or a couple of quid donation just to cover the costs, uh, and hopefully we'll have all the election candidates there on the evening as well. Uh, if this is your first time you've tuned in, please go back and watch some older ones. And thanks very much for watching again. Cheers. Hey, Jeremy, it's from the DW Podcast. We've recently recorded a podcast with Mother Own Wisher, candidate Angela Feeney, uh, for Labour, of course, and we were wondering why you think that the people of Mother Own Wisher should vote for Angela Feeney? There's only 318 votes in it. Uh, what would you tell the people from that area? Vote for Angela Feeney. She's a Labour candidate that will bring about the end of austerity across the whole of the UK, that will end universal credit and will help a Labour government to deliver the 70 billion of investment that is so crucial for the whole of Scotland. Thank you very much. And she is somebody that has a life experience and an ability to unite people in her community and take them forward. It certainly seems to me that you've got a lot of candidates in this election that are, you know, from working class backgrounds. Of course, Angela is an NHS worker and is that a key priority for you? Well, our party has uh, changed quite a lot over the past few years. You look at all across the UK, we have um, more women candidates than ever before. We have a greater diversity amongst our candidates than ever before. And we have a greater number of people from working class communities and working class backgrounds with real life experience. And so I've just come from um, Bells Hill with uh, Christ and Bells Hill and with um, Hugh Gaffney, postal worker, Angela, NHS worker, and you take it across the whole piece, you find people with a, a fantastic real life experience and uh, 
balance in their lives. And I tell you what, they make very good MPs. <laughs>